0: This episode is sponsored by Shan and the Club, an online club and support system for women in business, open to anyone with a side hustle to an empire. This is a place where the empowered empower. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of My Yellow Couch. I'm so happy that you're all listening and joining in and messaging me on Instagram or you can find me at Alex and Cork and subscribing and commenting I just appreciate you guys so much um, I enjoy doing this so much and I know you're going to really enjoy this week's guest this week I have blessing data from Dublin She is a student in youth and community development at the Technological University. She is an outspoken, passionate advocate of all sorts of social justice issues, especially mental health awareness, with her own lived experiences among Black and other ethnic minority communities in Ireland. She's also involved in other organisations such as Spun Out and See Change. And I have asked Blessing to be on this podcast because... Well, first of all, I bloody love your Instagram account and I love your advocacy. And I, as as someone in mental health, I think you have, who works in mental health, you have certainly highlighted areas that need 100% to be paid attention to. Um, and I appreciate that so much. So welcome, blessing. I'm so excited you're on my yellow couch. Thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. (laughs) No problem. So come here. So for everyone listening, tell us about yourself. Tell us all about you.
1: So hello, everyone. My name is Blessing. I am 21 years old. And yeah, I'm just very passionate about mental health. And I suppose I'll go into a little bit of why. Um, So basically, I am Irish Nigerian. Um, So I was born and raised in Dublin and basically there there has been a lot of circumstances that I've gone through in my life Um, and you know being Irish Nigerian and growing up in Ireland uh, you know the mental health conversation would you know eventually start to develop like when I was in secondary school and now it's amazing at the moment Um, but you know, coming, being Black, it's not really spoken about in the Black community Um, just because, you know, different cultures um, and ethnic minority communities would have, you know, different interpretations of what mental health is or what mental health well-being is. Um, So on top of that, I'm a Christian as well. (laughs) So, you know, in the Black community, in the Nigerian community, um, we're all very spiritual um, and faith-based and you know there's nothing wrong with being a Christian and turning to help uh, to your church or to your pastor Um, but for me myself as well um, I believe that like you know God can work through other people such as like you know therapists and psychologists and counseling groups and so yeah just with the circumstances that I've gone through in my life like there's just so many that would you know if you were to think of um, that comes into your head I've probably gone through it and even now actually and I've just always struggled with my mental health basically since I was a kid and it didn't really I didn't really register it, it properly until I was like 11 or 12 um, and then I started to try and speak out um, and I remember going to my mom like asking her like what's wrong with me you know like i think i was 12 at the time um and you know obviously i love her very much it's just you know lack of education um, and awareness so i remember um you know trying to speak up since the age of 12 and then at 14 i tried again and it was actually really bad timing because a friend a friend's sister actually died at the time, so she basically told me, you know, therapy is for people like her and this, that. So I kind of grew up with the mentality that like, you know, therapy is only for white people, or, you know, you don't, you're like, your life is not that bad. Um, not realizing like, you know, back then I didn't realize what was going on, but now I know as an adult that she was going through her own trauma and, she just didn't um, have it resolved at the time. Not that she didn't want to, but it was just because she was, you know, living in Ireland and true survival mode. So, you know, I have to give um, all the credit to my mom um, of all what she's been through and just still being able to try and provide the best way that she can in what she knew at the time to me. um, but yeah, I start, started speaking up from then. Um, I haven't really gone into detail. <laughs> why? Which is which is a question I get a lot on my Instagram page of like, okay, you talk about mental health so much, but like go into details of like why. Um, and I just haven't just because it's a lot of the issues are still currently happening. Mm-hmm. And I have to protect myself because I don't really have a lot of family or, you know, supports just cause, again, I was failed <laughs> as a child, just cause there wasn't like a lot of cultural awareness to, you know, the different families back then. Um, but yeah, I just thought like, you know, I'll try and speak up to, try and be the change that I wanna see in society. Um, because mental health doesn't discriminate. Um, It can affect anybody, Um, but the only thing that discriminates is kind of, you know, the the awareness and the support that's out there, Um,
0: but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that my experience meeting you, you know, through social media and having the chats that we have as a counsellor myself you're right about everything that you speak about and you know we've had conversations about privilege I mean and and the privilege I certainly sit with you know as a white uh, middle or oh god a middle-aged now as a white middle-aged woman um, but certainly especially in the field of work that I do you your conversations are incredibly eye-opening at least I think if you're working in the field of mental health, they should be incredibly eye-opening. But I also, what struck me when you spoke there was your emotional intelligence of knowing when it's safe to share with other people about our trauma. Um, and I think that that's really emotionally sound that you're able to sit there and say, well, you know, like people ask what your trauma is, which I find, quite unnerving <laughs> to be honest that somebody yeah. would be asking you that um but I think it's really emotionally sound that you you know that we learn that not every space is safe to share our trauma because it is traumatic to definitely
1: us. like I think that comes from a place of you know um a trauma response of when I was young um I actually used to overshare a lot. So now that I'm an adult, I've taken some lessons in that. Um, but you know, when I was younger, I I overshared just because, um, you know, they say that you know if you need help, there's help out there, there's supports out there. And then you know, when you're a kid and and when you're a teenager, you realize really early on in life that just because the supports are out there doesn't mean it facilitates to everybody. Um so with a lot of the situations that happened in my life I fell through so much loopholes and I feel like the main reason that happened was just because there wasn't you know a lot of cultural awareness um or training in that area and like even now (laughs) I still witness it as an adult and you know I I have a social worker at the moment and I have a mental health team that I'll be starting to see next month and you know it took me 21 years to get that kind of help and you know I struggled throughout my whole life and I used to be very envious of like how my white friends were getting support and you know most of them would have like family support or even if they didn't have family support they had supports out there of people that looked like them Whereas like, I just didn't have any. So I was just advocating for myself, like left, right and center. And, you know, there's only so much you know as a kid or a teenager. So I've obviously gone wrong in some places here and there, but, you know, there's just so much I could speak on of just having to grow up very quickly as a kid and, you know, like live in survival mode even up to now. Um, and that's why I speak up, just because I don't want anyone to go through that. I want generational trauma to stop with me um, and know that like, if I'm speaking up, at least I'm doing my bit. Um, and I just think that, you know, it's important to have that reflection in your work. If you're a mental health advocate, in Ireland which is which is something I speak up a lot because you know there's for me personally there's no point calling yourself a mental health advocate if your work isn't intersectional you know and (laughs) I'll go into the topic of like why I why I don't really have an option of not being apolitical and you know a lot of the mental health advocates and that I see speaking up on their social media or whatever work that they're involved in, you know, there's nothing wrong with the work that they do. I think it just needs to, you know, when you're given that opportunity to be educated on an area and you don't take it up, that's when I kind of have an issue. And um, so like for me, you know, yoga and I don't know meditation and etc. They're all they're all okay to do, but you know at the end of the day they're not going to really fix the core situations in society that affects people. Um, so obviously I didn't just wake up and had mental health issues. Um, so many things in society like racism and direct provision. Homelessness, um, male violence, and etc. affect people's mental health. And you know, if if you're not political in these areas, then you know you have to acknowledge that that is a privilege. That you know, if if you're apolitical, because for me, I I can't be apolitical. A lot of things in society are political, whether people like it or not or you know no matter how big or small things are political from food to housing to the education system and you know again (laughs) I'm I'm mentioning all these things and you know I've been through so 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 many issues and and you know I don't have that privilege of staying away from these type of things which is why I incorporate mental health awareness with trying to stay politically engaged and it's exhausting sometimes when you're trying to do that and you know progress will eventually come but at the end of the day you know white privilege exists and people are more likely to listen to you if you look like them Um, and that's the reason why I speak up about mental health because you know you know like when you see young women playing football in the media young girls are going to look to them and be like okay you know sports isn't just for men women can take part in sports so for me as a mental health advocate i speak up because you know mental health can affect anybody mental health can affect you if you're black if you're asian if you're from the traveling community Um, and there's just specific issues in society that affects ethnic minorities in ireland so that's why i try (laughs) and incorporate the boat, um because at the end of the day they're not really separate you know
0: um yeah (laughs) and they're not and I think that is such an important point for everyone listening particularly well let's call a spade a spade my predominantly white female audience like that's a fact um you know I grew up seeing myself represented everywhere and it's not something that I'll be honest, I ever had to think about, you know, it's only until you you kind of venture out of your comfort zone. And I think an awful lot of white people um, stay in their comfort zone. I mean, I did for a very long time until I moved to Canada. And then that was just, you know, an education for me and multiculturalism and diversity. And, and we've spoken about that. And then I came home and I found it you know, quite challenging, you know, to, to come back to somewhere that's so white. So I can't even, I'm not even going to try and imagine what it was like for you. I think you've described it really well. And it brings us to that allyship. Yeah. Um, performative allyship. Like, it's just, it's not enough. I think you've hit a really good point there where you gotta be politically engaged You've got to be out there, you know, being engaged with change. But being engaged with change isn't sitting at home and doing hashtags and putting different color squares or ribbons on your profile picture. I mean, that's just that's not it. That that's not what. And I think in from my experience that, that a lot of people sit there and they think, oh, well, I have a hashtag you know, on my Twitter bio, or I have whatever, you know, the, the, you know, the the Black Lives Matter or the Black Square, or I have my pronouns, you know, in in my bio, but that's, that's not even the bare minimum. Am I right? Like, that's not even the bare minimum. I think you've hit the nail on the head. You have to be, you have to have action behind your intention, otherwise it's a complete waste of time
1: definitely like you have to go beyond the saying it's okay not to be okay and it's okay to ask for help Mm. and then when the help isn't out there then you have to ask yourself okay if the help isn't available to a lot of different communities in Ireland what can I do to change that or to voice that you know Um, and (laughs) and you know when when I see people say they're apolitical when it comes to mental health. I'm kind of like, you know, you can't really be apolitical because we talk about, you know, the budgeting for mental health services in Ireland. And like, I think I seen somewhere recently about funding uh, PhD courses for psychologists, because, you know, at the moment, like, you know, there's, there's no point um, trying to put a plaster over something. And that's broken like you need to cement the issues and resolve them you know um and yeah it's just sorry I'm losing track
0: <laughs> I listen like you're making perfect sense to me and and you're right because I work in the field of addiction and we have a we're constantly working from a trauma response place right the house is on fire now we need to respond and so I think that's wrong you know I think that when the house is on fire it's already too late I mean you can I'm using this metaphor because it's an easy one to understand you know you can bring in the fire brigade and they can put out the fire but your house has burnt down and I think that a lot of mental health addiction um, services are dealing with the crisis where we're, we're responding to crisis where really and I and, and I think that this is what I'm hearing you saying correct me if I'm wrong that we need to be like we need to be backward when when 11 year old you asks your mom you know is, is there is there something wrong with me like because I think Everyone that I speak with in my work, everybody that comes to sit on my couch, everybody has that myself, you know, like I've been through trauma. It, It doesn't magically manifest itself, you know, at the point you need therapy, it goes right back. And so there's always a place where we say, I think there's something wrong with me. I think I might need help. And I believe that we need to be even before that you know constantly talking about drug and alcohol education that needs to be in primary school but it's not even about teaching kids kids about drugs and alcohol it's about teaching you about your person you know and also then like you said when you decide at 11 hey you know what I think I need some help the help has to be there I think what you said is you know We troll out these sayings all the time, don't they? Because I think they make us feel better. You know, like, it's okay not to be okay. What does that mean exactly? We all know it's okay not to be okay. But like you said, when we're not okay, where do do we go? And then more particularly, where do you go to find your representation of somebody that can take you through what you need to be taken through as a young Black Irish woman?
1: Definitely, like, prevention is better than solution Um, and like when you brought that up that actually reminds me of the George Nakancho situation in in January and it was very very painful Um, because I'm I'm sure there's other black individuals or Asian individuals or people from the travelling community speaking up about mental health but so far (laughs) I've been told that like it's just me speaking up And it felt very, very lonely in January when that whole situation happened, Um, especially when you're made aware that, you know, there was mental health difficulties that led up to that situation. And, you know, a lot of people, especially when it involves mental health, I was very disappointed with the response of mental health advocates of, you know, the silence. And you know, silence is violence. Or you know, they I would they just didn't come to me to check in on me or to ask, like you know, to, to get the truth from a person that's part of that community. Um, and I was just very disappointed because a lot of people focus on the moment, but they don't focus on what led up to that moment. So you know, everything is a domino effect of different circumstances and you know in this case it was just a lot of unresolved um issues to do with racism and you know it, it's a lot of us experienced that you know and i could have been the next george nikensha you know it's just a case of um nature versus nature versus nurture um <laughs> and it's something that I really reflect on a lot because a lot of the situations in my life I literally could have just gone down a bad road and you know have been that next person and you know I for me I, I think like you know being a Christian um, like you know God has helped me to kind of direct me onto the right path in life and you know luckily I'm here still trying to stay that way and trying to get my degree to help young people so they don't go through what I did um but you know it's it's another example of why you can't be apolitical that like you know our lives don't matter until black lives matter and I just want to emphasize that black lives matter isn't just for black people it's a it's a catalyst for change it's it's for all ethnic, minority or marginalized communities that are going through um, so many issues that are covered up by, you know, white privilege or white supremacy. Um, and it just needs to be discussed more often. But again, if I keep talking about these issues, no one no one is really gonna listen to me because I don't have that privilege. Whereas like if you're using your white privilege to amplify different issues in society such as this and especially trying to amplify me, like with my movement, I'm trying not to put my face on the mental health (laughs) awareness advocation, which is why I don't have like a profile picture of myself on my Instagram page, because I'm trying to highlight these issues through my voice but not trying to put a face on my advocation work which is another thing that I see <laughs> in yes. in the community. <laughs> yeah and,
0: and I and I and I'm so here as well for your advocation because I know that you write a lot um, and yeah. you know and and talk to us about the advocacy work because when you were speaking about youth and community that's my qualification from UCC and, you know, I just, you're just going to be such a, a massive positive impact for so many young people. You know, when you graduate, um, it's so exciting that you're doing what I did, you know, just, we found that we had so many other things in common when we started to talk. Uh, but talk to me about your advocacy, because I know that you do advocate um, for mental health organizations.
1: Um, so, I am a mental health advocate for Sea Change. And um, for those that don't know, Sea Change is basically behind the Green Ribbon campaign. So, they usually host um, different mental health uh, events throughout May. This year, it's been changed to October just because it was like that last year. And they found that it was better for it to be around September, October with like mental. Health Awareness Day and Suicide Awareness Day. Um, I'm also an action panel member with Out, And um, so I'm involved with them on the Dublin Action Panel, the Ethnic Minority um, <laughs> Panel and the National Panel. And then I am involved with the Shona Project, um, which I recently joined in, I think, February. And all them three organizations, they're mostly around mental health awareness or you know, um, providing information for young girls or for young people, um, especially a lot to do with education that you wouldn't necessarily get in mainstream education. Um, So they kind of like fill in the gaps and they give young people and adults like myself, um, room and space and opportunities to talk about different issues and voice um, different topics, such as, you know, with spun out mental health awareness, sex education, um, and so forth with the Shona Project, um, making sure to amplify women in Ireland and I joined to amplify um, ethnic minority women in Ireland and then with Sea Change they've just been so amazing in raising mental health awareness in Ireland and yeah just especially in the area of raising awareness in ethnic minority mental health awareness they've given me that opportunity to vocalize that through writing and um, and yeah, it's just amazing to
0: be with them. And come here, I was thinking there, so obviously the whole planet knows we've been going through COVID and everyone who works in mental health, be it through addiction or eating disorders, which is one of the worst funded um, mental health areas that, that our government has, we've been banging our head, you know, against a brick wall for years. So when I first started my job I worked in the area of youth and community and every single budget it was these were the sections that got funding taken away from them yeah mm-hmm. so funding keeps getting slashed every single time you know oh we're in a a crisis financial crisis and we need to cut back money and it has been mental health services that have had their funding slashed and I wonder and I'd be interested to hear your take on it like I'm around a long time now so I have zero faith yeah in 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 any of the governments really to be honest with you I don't vote for either of the governments that are in power now they've they're they're of no interest to me um, in any way shape or form but do you think I have this slight hope and I haven't had hope for a very long time because we're going through COVID and because people have There's going to be such like there was already a mental health fallout. You've described that very well. But I think it's just going to be so much more, so much worse, I suppose is the word that I'm looking for. And so there's there's a part of me has this hope that because of COVID, that the governments might go, actually, hold on a second. You know, we cut all this budget and all this funding maybe we need to pump it back in i mean they say they're going to do it but like you know the government says they're going to do an awful lot of things what is your take on that do you think that this will be the turning point for mental health services in ireland do you think people are going to pay more attention now because it's affecting way more people i suppose white people than it did before covid do you think it'll make change for people
1: um, I think with the way the government has handled everything, I think this year has definitely been an eye opener um, on so many issues with COVID, um, and you know that's why that's why sometimes I don't understand the statements that I'm apolitical because yeah. you know <laughs> you know these things. If you really want to solve things in society, you know it's you have to look to the people who give the funding, who are in charge of these, who are able to, you know, make the change with the click of their hands, you know? Um, And I really do think this is gonna be a big turning point because, you know, for me, I I advocate for mental health awareness, but I also advocate um, for disability rights and awareness as someone that has chronic illness. So, you know, living in an ableist world, um, not a lot of people realised how much um, things in society affected disabled people. And then now the COVID, the pandemic came, um, people, I think it's just natural to start caring about issues when they affect you personally, um, but I think with the pandemic, it's been an eye opener to people of of what disabled people have gone through their whole life with so many things that they've been discriminated against. That's been a pandemic for them. So this has been a snippet into a lot of issues in society, such as like you know homelessness, and then with Black Lives Matter coming in last year, and um, I really do think with the next when the next voting happens and um, hopefully and things change from there you know because we are really tired because <laughs> basically you know the, the current government is affecting a lot of people's mental health and those who say that it isn't then you know you're you're living a very comfortable life that's a privilege to say and um, so yeah I think this, this will definitely be a, a turning point um, as we're consistently being failed every single time um, by so many things in the government. And, you know, between everything that's happened in the pandemic with like the mother and baby home and direct provision and, um, you know, the workers in Debenham, um, you know, <laughs> it's it's very... It's, it's just very out there. Like there's no sugarcoating any of the stuff anymore. Um, but yeah.
0: And there's actually no excuse anymore to be sat around not taking action because you have just mentioned so many, like, excuse me for a second. I just need to say I got a new kitten in my house last week. So this podcast <laughs> is probably like has George the cat uh, per like meowing um in parts he's outside the door there meowing. But what I was saying was there are so many, you know, areas of activism that need people. Yeah. Like that, 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 that need people. There are so many ways that people can get up and, get away from of course people use social media I'm not saying that social media is wrong and people use it really wisely but the you know the people who use it well are also the people that are outside of social media writing letters to like I'm blue in the face from writing letters to like you know my local tds I'd say they're like oh god you know what's our problem now this week but there are so many things to be pissed about and to say this is not good enough anymore and you have just described all of them direct provision being you know top of my list almost you know at this stage the homelessness crisis which this government has not done anything to make any you know to make it better in the 10 years they've been in government so for me i'm always like every time i vote it's like okay let's bring about change let's bring about change but I don't think there is any excuse anymore. You can't just sit at home and say, I don't know what to get involved in. There are so many things to, to get involved in that people need you to be involved in, to use your voice and use your platform to create change because it shouldn't be on your shoulders. It shouldn't be on the black community's shoulders. It shouldn't be on the traveler community's shoulders. It shouldn't be on minority shoulders to say, we need change. It, it, it should be on the rest of us too. And I think that here is what's lacking a lot from what I can see. And I mean, like, again, I sit from a place of privilege and I'm very acutely aware of that. Um, but there's no excuse anymore and if you're listening to this and you're you don't do anything pick something do something i mean it's it's you know i got involved in the repeal the eighth campaign and 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 for me that was you know you just put your money where your mouth is you know i'm at work and i you know work in the field of addiction and you know it, it it's purposeful yeah like
1: do something
0: yeah, like, There's no excuse anymore. It's well, really what I'm trying to say to people who are saying that <laughs> they're not doing anything. <laughs> if you can do anything
1: in this world and, you know, choose to be kind, but also put action behind kindness, you know, there's no point if someone is struggling, there's no point saying to them, like, you know, I'll pray for you or I'll be thinking of you. Like, put your actions behind your tops, you know, because they go so much further than just, you know, being performative um, and just to acknowledge that like you know we all have different privileges as well like white privilege is the main privilege but there's so many different types of privileges of you know being able-bodied or you know for me being as a diaspora in Ireland um, yeah and privileges when it comes to like class and you know just just so many and you know if we all recognize the different privileges that we have and use it to make change collectively then I think you know we would have a much kinder society in that way and moving towards change not in equality but in equity and yeah I just think it's important to highlight that.
0: And listen I think that this has been such a an educational, informative, uh, intelligent episode. Um, I think that's the perfect place to leave it. You couldn't have said it better yourself. Um, I'm really glad that you uh, agreed to come on the podcast today. Um, before so we much. finish up, yeah, um, everyone who's listening, tell everyone how they get a hold of you or where to find you on social media.
1: So my Instagram handle is Blessendada. So it's B-L-E-Z-Z-I-N-G-D-A-D-A. Um, and I mainly do my advocation from there. And I post different things in the link in my bio. Um, so anything to do with it, like writing or etc. everything would be in the link. And also, I just want to give Black Therapist Ireland a shout out. Um, just because they are a mental health service in Ireland and I just want to amplify um, the, the organization so when it comes to like sharing helplines to make sure to look them up on Instagram and to add them in your
0: resources. Thank you um, that's that's good information for all of us to have everyone. Um, thank you so much for listening to another episode of my yellow couch podcast I hope you've uh, enjoyed this episode as much of, as I have had as oh my god I can't even talk as much <laughs> as I enjoyed listening to blessing this morning Um thank you so much again for listening for subscribing for everything I love doing this and I also want to give a shout out to my producer Jay Woodward Um, because you know like I say every week if he wasn't producing well look I just wouldn't be doing them if if I if I didn't have Jay Um, and until the next episode everyone be safe and and enjoy the bit of freedom that we're getting because um, you know it's nice to realize that there's a world outside our 5k so enjoy that.